Ah, summer. The best time of the year usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there was another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. At IKEA, everyone can have lounge chair access. No reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, they have all of the essentials that you need to soak up summer in style no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. Who doesn't love shopping at Target? Did you know the all-new Target Circle is the free and easy way to get the most deals at Target? And when you pay with your Target Circle card, you can save an extra 5% your way every day. But wait, there's more. Now you've got a new way to save with Target Circle 360. With unlimited same-day delivery, Target Circle 360 is the fastest way to get your order to your door or someone else's. Right now, sign up for Target Circle 360 for just $49 for your first year of membership. That's $50 off the regular price. Visit Target.com slash Circle or the Target app for more details. Same-day delivery is subject to terms, applies to orders over $35. For 5% discount, restrictions apply. See program rules in-store or at Target.com slash Circle Card. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s She looked like a million bucks. scams a bunch of famous athletes out of untold fortunes Nearly $10 million was all gone. It's just unbelievable. Hide your money in your old rich man because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I am all in. I am all in with Scott Patterson, an iHeartRadio podcast. All right. Hey, everybody. Scott Patterson here. I am all in podcast. You are in the right place for Gilmore stuff. Uh, so welcome, 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 and thanks for being here. Listen, we're going to get into uh, the Mean Girls at Chilton a little bit with our guest here, uh, Shelly Cole, and you know she played Madeline beautifully. And you've got, uh, you know, you've got that troika of Mean Girls uh, at Chilton, and led by uh, the uh, the ever uh, abrasive uh, yet brilliant uh, Paris, played by Liza Wheel. And uh, and also Louise uh, was part of that, uh, played by uh, Teal Redmond, so so beautifully. And uh, and we're, we're going to get into it right now with Shelly Cole, who played Madeline. Hey, Shelly, how are you? Welcome to the podcast. How are things going? I am living in Denver. Things are great. Right. I am passed through COVID completely unscathed. Uh, my business has come through completely unscathed uh and i mean life is good i just bought a house nice. uh, 
I've got my monkey dog here with me. This is <laughs> Hi there, there monkey is. dog. So you teach, you're teaching acting. You have an acting school. That's so interesting. Yeah, kids. Yeah. You would never know from my character on Gilmore Girls, uh, <laughs> but because uh, she's just so fluffy and funny and odd. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, I love it. It's kids. Kids. Right, right. Uh, and um, it is the great love of my adult life. Yeah, I, you know, I was teaching as well when, uh, when I got Gilmore. I had, uh, I had a kids class on Saturday, which I did not teach. I had my ex-girlfriend, who's a master actress, teach the kids because I didn't want to deal with the parents. The parents get a very, you know, you know, they're six, seven, eight years old. What do you think? Do you think my daughter has what it takes? I said, she's eight. Okay, relax. It's like- My philosophy is definitely not. I'm not trying to make stars out of these kids. I'm just trying to help them find their voice and whatever right. comes out of it. Right. Yeah. Anyway, so look at. Let's get into the episode a little bit, yeah. okay? And what's so wait, I just watched it yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Probably, I think for the first time. Yeah. Me too. Me too. I've um, never seen it before. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's funny. You and I are in it very little. Very little. Um, yeah. Which is kind of fun because yeah. it's it's not even really about. I like the I like your bit with the pie, like right. exactly what she right. needed in that moment. Exactly. So it's like uh, you know, if she throws a pencil, it's a pie. If she throws a pen, it's a trout. That kind of thing. Ooh. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sure. <laughs> I don't see Rory eating trout. I don't know why. It's just a wacky line, right? It's a wacky yeah, line. That's true. <laughs> uh, he was capable of having. You know, he did have a sense of humor. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, um. Yeah, and and your first encounter, the first time we see you, is in uh, is in that scene where Rory gets a D, correct? Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. that's the first time, right? And so I think that's the only scene really that I, yeah. I want. Maybe another scene. I don't know. Uh, yeah, no, I don't know. Uh, she gets the D, mm-hmm. and Paris does her thing. You know, oh, you got an right. A. Uh, what's her name? Louise is her friend. Louise Grant. Louise did, yeah, yeah, Louise. And uh, and you got a B, which is right, respectable, you know, even even you know admirable. I, <laughs> um, I really love. I mean, I think ultimately the fans really want Lorelai to end up with Luke. I mean, I think the, that's the kind of the through. That's like the end game and yeah. always there and present. Yeah. But I think that fans really liked uh, uh, Scott Cohen, yeah. Um, yeah. Max Max, mm-hmm. for a, for a hot minute, and um, and. Interestingly, you really, as a as a viewer, um, I really started to feel for for Rory and her struggle and how uh-huh. unfair and the, right. you know the, the headmaster and that whole like dismissal and oh, mm-hmm. oh god, mm-hmm. I was so angry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, well, we'll get into that, but I mean, you know, I think. What Amy did was she planted that seed. She made Max so likable. And she cast mm-hmm. Scott Cohen, who was so incredibly talented and likable guy. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, and such a just a terrific actor. Um, but she planted that seed with him that I think kind of hurt the character by making him inappropriate because he leaves that. And we'll get to it, but he leaves that message on the answering machine at the end of the show. And it's a yeah. message for Rory, like, you're going to get the extra credit. You're going to get the opportunity. Your mom came in and called everybody El Duce, and, and she won. We're going we're, we're gonna to give Rory another chance and get her up to speed with the extra credit. 
And then he, at the end of the message, he leaves a message for, for Lorelai saying that it was, God, where are my notes? Um, Lorelai, it was a pleasure encountering you. I hope it happens again. And he knows that Rory's going to hear that message. Why on it earth is. would I, you I didn't do think that? About it until you just brought that up, but that's, you're right. That is actually it's very inappropriate. Rather inappropriate. It's rather inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> so as great as that character is, and as great a guy as Scott is, um, that's you know that's the fly in the ointment right there that that Can the I writers the planted. Yeah. You know? Well, you know. It, Okay, this is my little, little quick side note. Yeah. Um, after, I think, and obviously, I think maybe a couple of years after I was done with the show, Scott Cohen and I um, were cast in a pilot together, a series regulars. He played my dad. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that funny? <laughs> it, it, it got picked up and there were six episodes right. filmed. It was called Men's Room, but it, right. it, it never aired. So. Ah. Um, but one of the, one of the guys that made, uh, that writes for modern family, uh, mm-hmm. created oh, Danny's. Great. great, great. Let me ask you something. Where, where was Chilton and what was Chilton like in, in, in your experience? Where was it? It was my first job. Um, mm-hmm. so I had, it was, I just, where was it? What do you mean? Like, do you mean like where Lo- location geography? wise? Yeah. Where was it? It was in Connecticut. Yeah. It was in like a Hartford. Right. Hartford. It's a bus ride right. out there. So what was it like? Right. What was that place like for you, um, the actress? I mean, I mean, actually, where physically was it in L.A.? Where, well, where did you shoot it? Well, a couple of different places. Most of it was on the soundstage. Right. Soundstage 24, I think. Right. Um, but the exterior, where was it? The exterior and some of the interior stuff um, was at both the Wilshire Ebel Theater, but primarily it was at the Greystone Mansion gotcha. on Doheny gotcha. Drive. Doheny. And okay. I always loved filming there. Right. It was because Liza and Teal and I, whenever we filmed there, there was all these little like do not pass through this way. Yeah, and there's yeah. lots of places that were cut off in that mansion. Right, right. And um, we would always break the rules and 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 explore. There's right. a lot of history in that mansion, right, like real right. life kind of ghosty history in that mansion. You know, I think we shot the, yeah, we shot the graduation over there. I remember that now. Yeah, it was a great location where everybody yeah. was in tears. Remember, everybody was crying. We'll yeah. get to that episode. I don't know. Couple of years from now, but uh, um, yeah. um, but you're in, you were in your twenties when you mm-hmm. got the show, right? So you're filming it, playing a teenager, and you're right. sixteen. I think I'm twenty seven. You were twenty seven at the time. I think Lane. I think that Keiko and I were both like the same age. Yeah, you were we both twenty seven. Blew my mm-hmm. mind when I found that out. Uh, amazing. So yeah, you've got a twenty seven year old uh, in Lane working with an eighteen year old and their peers. Yeah. It was an amazing acting job. Um, so was that similar to your high school experience? I mean, the, the Chilton experience versus the versus the Shelley real life high no, school experience? No, no, no. I grew up in Texas. I went to right. Clear Lake High School. Okay. Um, it was it was definitely a rich high school. I wasn't rich. I was poor, but I went to a rich high school and um but it was just it wasn't a private school or anything. I mean, Chilton was so buttoned up and perfect Uh i remember when we were doing a wardrobe fitting before the even shooting um episode one uh for episode one uh we all had to go to some i don't know seamstress's shop and 
get fitted for all the, the children outfits right. and they had to match uh, Alexis's eyes. I remember that was something very specific <laughs> that Amy like said that you have to match it's interesting. Alexis's eyes. That's yeah. I mean, interesting. little details. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So but that's... yeah, it, yeah. Everything was kind of perfect at Chilton. And I think, you know, uh, Laurel, I really says it when she's, uh, when she's, you know, il duce. Right, right, right. Um, that's, that's what, what does that mean? I don't know what that means. Uh, that was in reference to the Italian uh, dictator. Mussolini. Exactly, Mussolini. I love in this episode how everyone keeps saying, what, you hit a deer? No. And yeah. Lorelai's the only one that is like, here's Rory when she says, I got hit by a deer. You got hit by a deer? Right. Everyone else says, you hit a deer? You no. Hit a deer. Right. Yeah. Uh, and it's it their connection with each other. I love um, that. Have you ever been hit by a deer? I mean, you're in Colorado now, yes, so there's a lot more deer. You have, have been hit by a deer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was up way in the Olympic Peninsula off of outside of Seattle, and I saw the deer coming. It, I saw it coming, and I was like, oh, shoot, I've got like two choices here. Right. I can hit on my brakes or speed up. So I hit the gas as, as hard as possible, and so the deer hit the side of my car uh in the back and and put a big dent in it but much like rory i pulled over i'm just like crying i'm like searching through the woods to find this deer and i saw no sign of the deer for as far as i could walk because i was more concerned about the deer than my car and i think it was okay because i didn't find it so and when did that happen what year did that happen oh let's see I mean, was it before the show? So it was after the show. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was like 2007. I was up okay. there with people. And so it's not like just... Amy found out about it somehow and then no. put it in an episode. It's like, you know, uh, life imitates art. And yeah, that no, no, scene, no. Had, that episode had such an effect on you that it sort of. Yes, so. But I'd never seen the episode. It so. doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. We're, we're dealing with mysticism at this point. So it it, it, yeah. it materialized in your own life. Wow. Hmm. It did. Well, and I was at the table read, obviously. So. <laughs> That's all it so took. That's how strong the writing is. Those sensitive creatures. I think that people always talk about it. People always ask. I'm sure they ask you. Why is this show still so. Mm-hmm you know mainstream and popular and it's because just, you because you and i were in it i mean that's why i mean it's, i mean that's no, that's always that's, my first uh, that's that's the obvious answer, answer right the writing <laughs> you know, i had a, a fan make this for me look uh-huh. at this oh look at that wow what's up that's cool fans make the greatest things the fan art is oh. is, is amazing so was it easy playing somebody younger 10 years younger or 11 years younger. Yeah. What, what was that like from an acting point of view? What was that like for you? Uh, I, I've never played my age ever. Um, so I think I was also doing an episode of this show, uh, the guardian. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was playing a 14 year old. Right. Um, wow. right. Like I think this was my first job and that was my second job. I was like, you know, first episode. You were of that. 27 years old playing a 14 year old or you're 20. 324. 
I was 27. Right. Okay. Playing a 14 year old girl. Gotcha. Um, and I've, I've always played roles that were younger than me. So it wasn't really, but I've never played a character like Madeline before right. or after. Right. She right. was just, you know, whole time zone all of her own right right did you think chad michael murray was dreamy no <laughs> i mean I, I get why they did sure i did absolutely right um but you know he and teal were both young like teal was 17 yeah. when he started and he and, was he was um, young too he so i mean jared was 18 i think chad yeah. was 18 wasn't he i mean they were kids i think so they were just kids um but I didn't, I didn't find him dreamy he, it, just because he's, I like dark haired guys, no offense to the blonde right. men in the world, but right, right. Um, I don't know. I thought, I thought, you know who I thought was dreamy? Well, never mind. No, no, come on. This is the, this is the place to, to, to talk about it. I mean, you're in a safe oh, space. You're in a safe space here. You're, you're, I thought, uh, I thought Scott was dreamy. Scott Cohen? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, there, there you go. A lot well, of people yeah, did. I mean, a lot of people did. Yeah. And I thought Jared was pretty dreamy too. Jared. Jared and Scott. Okay. And of course you, the dreamiest of the dreams. Well, I mean that you're just You're welcome. You're gonna make me blush. I mean, for <laughs> God's sake. Uh putting me in the class of a of a Scott Cohen and a Jared, for God's sake. I mean come Oh on. please. Um so Madeline's best friend is Paris. Was it difficult for you? playing the best friend of somebody who was so mean, a mean girl. You were, you were, you were a mean girl. You were associated with. I was with... a mean girl for like a hot second. Right. And then Amy just, just started to change her tune and started to write Madeline to be nice, uh. which I loved. Um, but yeah, being, I, it, you know, I've never been a mean girl in right, my life, right. never in high school or anything like sure. that. And, um, so it was just, it's all in good fun. You know, it's, it's all in good fun. And were there, what, so what were the days like, uh, working with Liza when she had those speeches and she was being so mean? Cause a lot of, you know, the challenge of acting is reacting when you're not heavily, you don't have a lot of dialogue in the scene. Uh, and you did that really well in that brief moment we first saw you with the D and you sort of nod your head back and you're kind of agreeing. But then you say, I don't understand what you're talking about, Paris. <laughs> you know? Said, well, Rory does, you know, da, 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 da. so it's a yeah. perfect setup line. Um, so, so so tell me about those days uh, working with Paris and what that was like for you uh, working with her. The, that was so long ago. That was back in the day when, um, you know, Liza and I, Liza and I turned out to be really good friends for a long, long time. And mm -hmm. that was the beginning of our friendship because she and I were much closer than age in age than Teal. Uh, and so I was always had great on-screen chemistry with Teal, but not, I mean, we weren't friends outside of, of um, whatever. And so, uh, but Liza and I were really best friends for a very long time. I was at her wedding. Um, and these were in, but working with Liza on set versus hanging out with her outside of, of, of work were very different experiences. Um, on set, she was really intense. I mean, like she walked on set and she was in her character. And so, you know, 
I didn't, we didn't pal around. We did in between takes and setups and stuff like that, but she was really intense with her character and she would do, always do this little clearing thing with her throat <clears throat> or something at, when she was like sort of getting into her character or when she was just going inside of herself. And she did that a lot. She went inside of herself. Um, and she really was that character. Mm -hmm. I mean, she just, when she was on set, she was that character and mm -hmm. she was so intense and she did an amazing job yeah. just being so focused. And she had some very difficult dialogue to yep. do. Yeah, she did. And I was always shocked me whenever she would just, and little, 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 and just get it out. Right. And then I was like, I don't know how I just did that. Oh, that was really hard. Um, and then she'd still, and let's go to lunch. Okay. So <laughs> afterwards. You would um, have to after that. Sure. You'd, you'd uh, want to yeah. eat. Do you remember who directed this episode? Because I was trying, I was looking to see, and I forgot to look it up. Alan Meyerson. Oh, I remember him. Yeah. I remember him. He directed a few. Yeah, it was a good experience. It was very yeah. mostly it was a good experience with all these directors, but I remember him being particularly pleasant. Uh, to Do you know with. who my favorite director was? Tell me, Michael Cattleman. Cattleman, I loved him. Yeah, he was great, wasn't he? Yeah, mm -hmm. ah, he was great. Yeah, he had all that experience too. Did, wasn't he a showrunner on on something else before he came I don't to? Remember? Yeah, he had he had a lot of experience before he came to us. Yeah, he was he was great. He was really oh, he great. was so easy to be around. Yeah, very professional, very you know, very engaging. Yeah, very supportive. Yeah, yeah I loved him. Um, do you think Madeline wanted to be friends with Rory underneath it all? Mm, yeah, I think so. I think that's ultimately why she was so nice to Rory. Right. Um. Uh. You know, I don't really think that uh, Louise cared at all. I think Louise was just like. All she wanted to be friends with was like hot guys. Um, but I do think, I think Madeline, I think Madeline was ultimately did want to uh, befriend Rory. And, right. Right. And which she kind of did. Right. Right. I thought, and I, the fans have really responded to that and said, Oh, I love that your character really was nice to Rory. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Hmm. It's um, weird doing something in the day to know that, that have any idea it's going to have such a lasting effect. And, and I, I don't know, it's, it's something miraculous. Gilmore girls has become something really miraculous. And yes. Yes. It has. Awesome, as you know. it, it has. Um, so with all of those extras uh, in the Chilton scenes, mm -hmm. um, did you ever become friends with any of the extras or, or, or no? really uh, there there were some regular um background players uh that were recurring um but i'm not not really we were very friendly with them i remember one episode where louise and madeline had to like just start making out with these two guys right. and instead of casting them because they didn't have any lines they just lined up like seven guys on against a wall in their Chilton boy <laughs> uniforms. And they were like, okay, pick one. You have to make out with one. And I'm like, this is so weird. I'm like, that one. Oh, <laughs> so uncomfortable. <laughs> Who do you still keep in touch with? Uh, well, for, for, it was Liza for a really long time until right. I moved here. Um, uh, 
so with the Nick Holmes uh, and I uh, are good friends. Um, uh, let's see who else am I friends with Valerie uh, wardrobe um, Valerie Campbell she's so great um, who else um, friendly with George Bell yes um, Georgie he was just on an episode of mom the other night it was really was he isn't he he's a terrific actor isn't he he, he really is yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's so easy yeah. he was cast as the onset dialogue coach and just kind of George George Bell, for those who don't know, was our on-set dialogue coach who would – and and the only reason I got through it is because George Bell uh, – yeah. I invited him into my trailer every single morning. Uh, after I ordered breakfast, uh, I, I asked if George was available because uh, he's very busy. And, uh, and he would come into the trailer and we'd just run the scenes for the day until well, tell them why a dialogue coach was so necessary and it only took him a few years to figure it out the two years I well, think it was second year so he'd come in and just run lines with you um but not only that you know we'd shape the scenes in the trailer i mean i I'd, I'd know my dialogue coming in to the to, to that funny day's work he helps. yeah but he's but he's a really good coach and he's a really good actor so he's reading with you as the scene and you know he understands the beats of the scene he understands yeah. the nuances of the scene um but also i think one of the reasons why the show was so successful was amy and dan especially amy were were they were so specific that every single word must be said exactly the way it was written yeah. and I, and that's why there was 17 hour days mm-hmm yeah, like, well, sure. Regular. I mean, there, but you know, George would come in and you'd walk on the set. You were bulletproof. You couldn't possibly get it wrong because you were just, you were, if you were good with George, if George said thumbs up, you were good. You were going to be okay. <laughs> if George said, uh, just, if George said, let's take a little break and we'll run it a few more times, means you, you need to work on it more. So <laughs> it was all up to George. And you know what? He, I think after year three or four, he came into my trailer to say goodbye. He said, they're letting me go. And I said, no, they're not. And I, I, you know, I called Amy and I, I sat down with her and I said, listen, we need this guy. You don't, and, and I don't know. She's so busy. She's wearing so many hats on that show, uh, literally and figuratively, <laughs> um, that, you know, maybe that escaped her a little bit. And I said, listen, if George goes, the show goes, it, the show will have a lesser quality because We'll be here longer. People are going to blow their lines. Aww. George was the glue. And so she goes, That's you know. pretty awesome. I didn't oh, yeah. know that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I'm going to see him this October, you know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, really? Cool. <laughs> um, yeah. We're trying to get him on the show. Tell him to tell him to call me. Tell him to DM me anyway, because I'm, I'm. When we're done. Yeah, here, tell him, because we're trying to get him on the show. Um, yeah, I will contact him as soon as we're done with this. Absolutely the glue of that production. Uh, was was George Bell? Without him, it was going to be a hot mess every does single day. Does he know that you saved his job? Yes, he does. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. we were on stage together at uh, uh, at the last, uh, you know, that fan fest. I, you the know, last in person. Yeah, I, I I brought him on. Yeah, in, and we, uh, he was up there for about twenty Toronto, minutes. Unionville, Toronto. Yes, exactly, exactly. Yeah, but I uh, remember we were at dinner, and he's like, "Well, Scott wants me to do his interview with him," and I'm like, "Oh." Okay, well, you go. I'm gonna have another glass of wine. <laughs> probably, awesome. probably a good choice. Good choice. Better choice. <laughs> you are eventually there backstage. It was really good. It was really good. So, what was your what was your favorite episode? 
That is um, probably my most, I have two most asked questions. Mm-hmm. One is what was your favorite episode? And the second one, why weren't you in the reunion? So um, the my favorite episodes were without fail. Uh, number one was the spring break episode. Uh, <clears throat> girls in bikinis and boys doing the twist. And the other one was concert interrupt us with the bangles. Um, just because it was so fun to do and watching the bangles, we shot at Wilshire and Bell with the Wilshire and Bell theater. Mm-hmm. That's how Mara Casey used to say it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, uh, Mara Casey was the casting director that came on. After you're right, Jamie Rudolphsky. No, she was there from the start. No, she didn't cast the pilot. She wasn't there from the pilot. She right. was there from episode one because she cast me. Exactly. Exactly. And uh, and it was just weird. It was just her and Amy in this crappy little trailer on the Warner Brothers lot <sighs> for episode one. Yeah. Um, uh, before it became a thing, and they got their own building. But um, right, right, right. But uh, we 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 got our own building. We had our own building. Yeah, yes. well, that's what I meant. Yes. Um, <laughs> we helped build that. <laughs> we built that. We helped. Um, we helped. Yeah. Um, but uh, but I got to work with Melissa uh, in that episode and Lauren more than typically. And um, I know you got to be with Melissa plenty, and she's just so cat. So, like, the person that sees you at craft service and just runs up to me and says, Tell me about your boyfriend. What's going on? Have you cooked anything good recently? Blah right, blah right, blah. Right. You know, she comes out of the groundlings, and I did as well. Uh, so oh, you did. You did. Yeah, oh, I, didn't I know mean, that. I, I wasn't a groundling. I went through like several different stages of it up until the writing stage. Right. I'm like, at the time, I didn't know how to write anything. So, <laughs> isn't it amazing? Isn't, you know what amazes me in watching this episode was that Melissa McCarthy wasn't discovered right then and there that scene where she finds uh lucian's bill and now has identified and and the joy with of that scene and the the level of her acting joy and the comedic timing and the beauty of that scene i mean if i'm a director of films i'm thinking wow that girl there's some skills on that girl there's a natural charisma there's comedic timing she's why wasn't she just why did it take mike and molly why did it take a decade you know what i mean it was a different it was a different time right it was a different time why did it take so long for her to be discovered it was so obvious it was so obvious so good in that episode by everyone yes I mean, Lorelai in the in the classroom. Right. She's like, what in the world? Right. That was so funny. And yes. I had just discovered that yesterday for the first time. Right. Thinking, God, I totally get why this. I mean, there's so and yeah, Melissa with her with the tray and the and the wine. She's like, mm-hmm. okay, mm-hmm. you're doing this and this. It was great. Amazing. And Jackson, yeah. yeah, all of it. Yeah, Michelle, it was all so good. And you with the pie. Oh. <gasps> I mean that without me in the pie, that whole episode falls apart, don't you think? <laughs> <laughs> my little contribution, my time. <laughs> that those were the days where I felt like, God, am I? You know, this is all I got in the script, and I'm sitting at the table read looking for more lines, and then there's like pie, and then 
pens and pencils and then you know, and I was like, I'm not going to survive this. Some of the episodes, there's so much to do in some of them, yeah. but yeah. that's why it's a great ensemble, right? right exactly. Exactly. Everybody, yeah. Everybody's going to get their, uh, their time in the sun, I guess, you know, I've been on, I've been on productions where people were freaking out when they didn't have enough lines. And I said, listen, you know, it's 22 episodes, relax. You're going to have your time. They're going to get time sick. Time in the sun. Right. They're going to get sick. That's, of- that's what happened with, with my, um, with the spring break episode. What? There's so much to do in that episode, time in the sun. We even spent the week at the Sea Sprite Motel. Right. On the beach. It was really fun. <laughs> All right, let's do, you want to do rapid fire? I think it's time. All right. Get ready. Hang on, hang on. Hey, come on. You better, you better, you better strap in. Yeah, good. Exactly. Get limber. Go. Get Okay, here we go. Ready? How do you take your coffee? Uh, coffee and uh, cream and sugar. Can you smell snow? Yes. Are you team Logan, Jess, or Dean? Team, uh, I'm, I'm team Jared. Who's the daddy? Who's the daddy? Oh, God. Um, uh, Logan. Best memory of Gilmore Girls. Uh, watch, uh, that concert scene, watch with the shins. Nice. Uh, favorite Friday night dinner meal. I don't know why I'm asking you this, but just give me a favorite Friday night dinner meal. My favorite move was when, uh, Richard, like without even looking at her passes, Roy, the newspaper. Loved it. Nice. Uh, show you're binge watching right now. Oh God. I'm always watching modern family and and vampire diaries. Gotcha. So listen, uh, anything else you want to add about your experience uh, on the show? Uh, I, it was the great, it was my first job. It was the greatest gift of my life because at the time in my life, you know, I grew up really without a family and, um, and it gave me a sense of uh, stability that I had craved my whole life. Um, and something, uh, it became a constant in my life for three plus years. And I needed that. Um, and God, those freaking Christmas parties. Am I right? <laughs> yeah, they were good. They were definitely Maybe good. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You felt like you were stepping back into 1920, you know, it was like that uh, Woody yeah. Allen film midnight in Paris. You thought F Scott Fitzgerald was going to show up and start being oh, witty. totally in yeah. that room that she had, they yeah. had just, it was just a mannequin and a dress. Yeah, there you that go. was it. Uh, I remember that yeah. room. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Um, I don't know how yeah, she pulled that was- off. It wasn't creepy at all. It was just kind of cool. It overlooks the whole back, but yeah, that show was, uh, one of the top three greatest gifts of my entire life. There you go. There you go. All right, Shelly. Thank you so much, Scott. It was such a great, uh, it was great seeing you. Good seeing you too. And what's the name of your, uh, acting school so people can reference it? Oh, well, uh, so if you want to contact me directly, it's uh, Shelly Cole Coach uh, at Gmail. Um, but I work with an acting studio, um, uh, Peak Acting Studios. Um, it's here in Denver. Okay. Um, yeah. Hey, I have a question. Yes. What's on, what's on your hat? What's on my hat? Yeah, yeah. Like, um, if you have a, is there anything? On the other on the- side? Yeah. My coffee company. Oh, your coffee company? Yeah. I need to try your coffee. Yes, you do. Okay. Where it's, can I find it? Order it online? ScottyP.com. All right. Grade one specialty coffee. You'll love it. Okay. You will. All right. My you, you actually, coffee person. Well, so. check it out, man. Check it I out. I shall. I'll do <laughs> right. right after George Bell, I'll do that. All right. Good deal. Uh, I'm, putting <laughs> you to, I'm, putting, so I'm putting you to work. Uh, it was right, great cool. seeing you. Great catching up. 
Thanks for coming on. Ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Do me a favor. Yes. If you review the the, the, the concert interruptus, yes. consider me. Consider you as a guest for concert interruptus. Season four. Okay. My we, last episode is my favorite. We all heard that. Let's. It's. It's been noted, and okay. let's try to make it happen. All right. Thanks, oh. Scotty. Great seeing you, Shelly. Shelly Cole, everybody. Thanks for coming on. Bye. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Hello. From Wonder Media Network, I'm Jenny Kaplan, host of Womanica a daily podcast that introduces you to the fascinating lives of women history has forgotten. This month, we're bringing you the stories of disappearing acts. There's the 17th century fraudster who convinced men she was a German princess. The 1950s folk singer who literally drove off into the sunset and was never heard from again. The First Nations activist whose kidnapping and murder ignited decades of discourse about indigenous women's disappearances and the young daughter of a Russian czar whose legendary escape led to even more intrigue and speculation. These stories make us consider what it means to disappear and why a woman might even want to make herself scarce. Listen to Amanica on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I never thought I'd take my three young kids to Sicily to solve a century-old mystery, but that's what I'm doing in my new podcast, The Sicilian Inheritance. Join us as we travel thousands of miles on the beautiful and crazy island of Sicily as I trace my roots back through a mystery for the ages and untangle clues within my family's origin story, which has morphed like a game of telephone through the generations. Was our family matriarch killed in a land deal gone wrong? Or was it by the Sicilian mafia? A lover's quarrel? Or was she, as my father believed, a witch? Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Season 9 of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. It is 2024, and we're going to get through this together, folks. My campaign promise to all of you here on Next Question is going to be a good time the whole time, we hope. I have some big news to share with you in our season premiere featuring Chris Jenner, who's got some words of wisdom for me on being a good grandmother, or in her case, a good lovey. You know, you start thinking of what you want your grandmother name to be. Like, are they going to call me grandma like I called my grandmother? So I got to choose my name, which is now lovey. I'll also be joined by Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, to name a few. So come on in and take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. I loved it. Your energy and joy. I'm squeezing every minute I can for you out of this season of Next Question. Last question, I promise. You have to go. I have to go. <laughs> but it's been so fun. And I can't wait for you to hear it. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
All right, everybody, we're back. That was Shelly Cole, who played Madeline. Um, one of the mean girls, and she wasn't so mean, and she's really cool in real life, and we love her, and we hope she comes back. Anyway, can we talk about... Listen, just before we, you know, we talk about anything, uh, can we just talk about Max Medina inappropriate touching in the classroom in front of the other parents? What is he doing? Like, did you see that? He touched... He, flirting in front of the... Are you kidding me? He touched her elbow. He he touched her. He t- <laughs> I mean, this was 20 years ago. Maybe that thing was. Wait, you don't like okay. it? I like that they're flirting. I don't know. I mean, that's a really fancy private school. And I know she's beautiful and she's got all that personality and brains and and she's funny and all that. But touch actually touching uh, her? I mean, uh, th- you th- think he's like crossing the line? I do. I do. I think it's a little bit crossing line, but maybe they're just trying to say, hey, he can't help himself. Who could possibly resist? You know, Luke certainly can't. Right. He's hanging around, you know, suffering, you know, for year after year after year. She dates and dates and dates. And, uh, you know, I'm hanging in there. So why can't he touch her? But it's like, you know, I guess I guess this is a little Luke coming out in me wanting to just like step in and say, pal, don't. You know? You're jealous. I'm a little, I think maybe I'm a little jealous. I could be jealous. Well, let's break it down. Is teacher mom inappropriate? I feel like it's okay. And Mm-mm. Shelly said she thought Max Medina was dreamy. No, he is. No, I'm not denying his natural charms. I am not. And I'm not denying that they could be attracted. Obviously, they're very attracted to one another. And, and, and you know platonically, physically, whatever, whatever category you want. But I mean, that's going to destroy her, her education. She gets involved with one of her teachers at the fancy private school. That's just, I don't know. I think that's a very selfish move. And I like that they threw that out there as an obstacle to get over, but to get that, I mean, I obviously, we obviously all know where it goes. Um, I mean, I haven't seen the episodes, but I know, you know, what the storylines are somewhat, but it's like, really we're gonna go there that's that's very so so the question really goes why do the writers make that character so selfish in that episode sorry i love her so you think lorelei is selfish or max is selfish both i love that scott I guess Luke in this situation, both Scott and Luke are super jealous of what's going on right now. But Scott, yeah. if you feel, if this makes you feel any better, yeah. Lorelai didn't like the coffee. She thought it was bad. That doesn't make any difference to me. I want him to get his hands off her. Okay. So, okay. Don't touch Scott, her. Pretend you're not Luke. Would you still be upset by this? So do you think you're, bothered by it because you're Luke or are you bothered by it because you really think the teacher shouldn't date this? My, my, mother? my stodgy straight laced right out of the book upbringing is preventing me from accepting this as a possibility. <laughs> it's not acceptable behavior. <laughs> so did you think that voicemail that he left was creepy? I guess you'd call it a message Beyond. back then. Sorry. Tell me more. Tell Beyond. me more. I think it was a a nice message to send Rory and then end the phone call. When you say, and if your mother's listening, like, like they're both listening. And it's like, he expects her to be in in the room listening to the message that he wants to leave his mother. What, what was the word he used? 
What did he say? He said uh, it w- meeting you was what? What did he say? I forgot. What did he say? Was spe- it was it was he used a different word and so he didn't say special, uh, but I hope it happens again. I was like, guy, what are you doing? It's like you're stalking the mom on the cell phone of the you're teaching the kid and you're like hitting on the mom on the, he when can't. I watched it, I loved it, but now No. I loved it. No, sorry. It's, it's like he's out. Get out. It's not <laughs> happening. Love Scott Cohen. Love him. But Great it actor. is happening, Scott Patterson. <laughs> it is happening. Over my dead body. That's all I have to say. So you are bothered by this. I'm, you don't I'm like it. I'm really bugged that, that he didn't think not to expose his student, Rory, to that message. I mean, if I'm the chief magistrate, if I'm if I'm a judge and I mean, if I'm I'm a prosecutor, I'm going after him for that. That's that's inappropriate. <laughs> what, what are you thinking if you're the headmaster? <sighs> that's a you big, think he would not like this. That's a big meeting. Yeah, of course, he wouldn't like it. And that, you know, that headmaster is, uh, you know, that's old as old school as it gets. And he, I mean, that guy is fired like that. You left. Did you leave this message on? On Rory Gilmore's, on Lorelai Gilmore's answering machine. Yes, I did. Okay. Your your services are no longer required here, and you're going to lose your You severance. might be going a little extreme. I'm not. Just, okay, put yourself in that situation. You're 16 years old. You're going to a fancy school. Okay, in my situation, you know, my mother was single when I was 16. Uh, I was going to a fancy school, and if one of my teachers had called and we didn't have answering machines back then, but if they called and said, hi, Scott, you're doing great in school. And you know, we think you can catch up and all that and do some extra credit, but I think you're going to be able to get back because I have confidence with you. And by the way, uh, can you put your mother on the phone? And then, I, and then I, and then I get on the other line and I'm listening in and he's saying, hi, hope. How you doing? Look, I, I, I really enjoyed meeting you today. Maybe we, I, I hope, that we see each other again by now like, that you're saying it this way, it has a hint of creepy, but when I was watching it, I kind of loved it. I love Max Medina and I love him flirting with Lorelai. And I love, I think it's very subconscious at this point. I don't know that they totally know what they're doing. I don't think he knows yet that he wants to ask her out. I, all I can think of now is like that Al Pacino line in that in that film. I'll take a flamethrower to this place. <laughs> Let's ask our listeners what they think. Is yeah. Max Medina creepy or not? Charming. Creepy or charming? I still- no, no, no. He's very charming. There's no question about it. It's it's do it's a choice you make. Come on, guys. A guy makes a choice in the moment. Do I turn on the charm right now or don't I? Am I appropriate or am I not? Do I thought teachers it was date moms? Can teachers date moms is no. our question. We no. need to ask. No. Absolutely not. Because they're paying. Look, if you're the if you're on the board of directors at that private school. You say to Max Medina, listen, Mr. Medina, these people are paying $50,000 a year plus boarding plus, 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 plus all the money we're trying to hit them up for, uh, for fundraisers throughout the year. So this comes to $70,000 a year and you're hitting on one of the mothers, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, bye-bye. Because that, <laughs> that kind of a story can get around. It, be, it can go viral. Right. It could even go viral right. back then. 
And then you're He's kind of you, that you, guy. You have you're to protect the institution, no matter how classy a guy, no matter how great a teacher, no matter how, what kind of credentials he has, he could sink that place with that I, one I, phone message. I thought it was a tad disconcerting that he called out Rory she, when she got the D. He very sort of loudly said, right. like, you can work on this in front of the other students, right. kind of calling out that she didn't do well. That was sort of aggressive. And that's obviously Paris could hear that. And then. But that, I think know, that's, what, that's part of the old school way. Like you're not going to get a D here and this won't mm. happen again or else you're going to feel this shamed again. Mm. It's everything. It's, I mean, getting into a school like that, it's like that. They don't mess around over there. They so just at this do point, not. do you not like Max Medina? I guess you as Scott. We know Luke doesn't like him. That is very important. I get why they had to do it. I get why the writers had to do it. I get it. I don't like Max Medina right now. <laughs> Even though, okay, let me, let me qualify this. I think that he would be a good, I mean, because it comes down to judgment. It's just a judgment call. It's a choice that a man makes. Now, if he ends up, and yeah, yes, I do agree that he would be um, a good fit for Lorelai and a good fit for Rory. And, you know, but he's the decision that he makes is jeopardizing that institution. He's jeopardizing his own reputation, Rory's education and the, and the reputation of Chilton. It's yeah. A, he's definitely opening up Pandora's box. Like is. this could go really bad. Oh, it could go very bad, very bad. Yeah. <laughs> I have so much to think about. Touch now. the elbow. Touch the elbow. Oh, oh that really bothered you. Oh, you didn't like that. Oh. I thought oh, there was Mr. extreme, there was Hand extreme flirting. But. Mr. Hand became Mr. Fist. Yes. <laughs> that was not gonna work for me. <laughs> I watched that episode and it was like, oh boy. Get oh. your hands off her. No, no, no. Yeah, there's a lot to think about with with how complicated it is, but yep. I do see how it's, it's opening big, up it's this whole thing for us. That's a big deal. You can't go around hitting on the moms, even if it's a, a Lorelai Gilmore quality woman. I mean, you it's know, just like... and we haven't talked about what those other parents will think when they find out oh. that Max is dating or like because he already sort of in front of the other parents drew attention to them. Oh, speaking of the other parents, how about when he's talking about bribing the administrator of the AP test? Did everybody not immediately think of the, the college scandal, the varsity blues, right. the college scandal right. that just right. happened. But I, I literally I, but, heard that line and I was like, that aged very well. <laughs> yeah, but it's been going on forever. I mean, that's sort of how it works uh, uh, everywhere. I mean, not just the 1%, but it works everywhere. Everybody's bribing everybody, but now it's just not acceptable. It's just Yeah, because obviously acceptable. when you made this show, mm -hmm. that whole college scandal wasn't a thing. But no, wow, it was that a given. Was point. That's what you do. You donate, you know. And he obviously was being facetious, but right. still. Right. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. just looking at Max Medina in a whole nother light. What do you think of all the pressure Rory's putting on herself and how she full spiraled in this episode? She, she's just realizing what it takes to compete at that level. 
It's 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 really just comes down to the amount of reading you have to do. It's like it's not tens of pages; it's hundreds of pages. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you can't read at that level and comprehend at that level, you're not going to be able to compete at that level. You won't get through the coursework. It won't happen. So, and do you think Paris poking her and Tristan's constantly sort of calling her Mary and God. kind of ribbing her contributed to the full meltdown? Of course. I mean. It, 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 I love Chad Michael Murray. That character was about as obnoxious and <laughs> condescending. And then, I mean, there's another Mr. Hand turning into Mr. Fist. It's like, you just want to punch the guy. Although he's he so asked smug. her out. He does, did you hear but that? he's so smarmy and smug. I mean, how does anybody, he did a great job of, of portraying a, just a spoiled, entitled, rich kid, which is exactly what they were looking for. I mean, he nailed that because yeah, you just hate he's that guy. a little cutie. <laughs> Yeah, but, but there's nothing remotely likable about his personality. I mean, it's just nothing there. It's just, just and he's all sort arrogance. of Mr. Popular. So yeah. he's Mr. Popular, but he did ask her out, which I thought was wow. So we learned two things. One, Tristan right. has asked her out, yeah. even though she obviously blew it off. Right. And we find out in this episode that Dean's asking about her. Right. Dean. So now we've got the beginnings of this Rory love triangle. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I, I mean, when you have Paris, you have a Paris and a Tristan, you have two of the most unlikable, obnoxious, uh, entitled people uh, uh, you could possibly imagine. Um, and I th- it's a little unfair because private schools maybe, I mean, you know, every kind of school produces that individual. It's not really the school producing that individual. It's the parents. Uh, it's, it's, it's how they mm-hmm, grow up. Mm-hmm. But um and I think the the, the 1% are unfairly labeled across the board as being, you know, all of this, all the same. It's, it's really not that. Um, but man, right. I tell you, some the, bad apples. It, yeah. But it, it's, it's like for the purpose of the show, for a dramedy kind of perfect. I mean, you kind of have to do that stuff. So maybe, maybe they gave themselves a license for the Max Medina touching and the creepy phone call. <laughs> I don't get it. There's a Speaking lot of strange of things happening. It's Chilton. Should we get a Riley reenactment of Paris whispering in Rory's ear? Because yeah. that was jarring. Go ahead, Riley. Riley, yeah. could you perform that for Let's us? Let me not to the marriage of true minds admit impenitence. Love is not love which alters when it altercation finds or bends with the remover to remove. Oh no, it is an ever fixed mark that looks on temptus and is never shaken. It is the star to every wandering bark, whose worth's unknown, although his heights be taken. Love's not time's fool, though rosy lips and cheeks. Within his bending sickle's compass come, love alters not with his brief hours and weeks, but bears it out even to the edge of doom. It is to be air and upon me prove. I never writ, nor no man ever love. <laughs> Wouldn't you, today that would be considered bullying, right? Like <laughs> academic like, bullying. It's so like intellectual bullying. Uh, like it's not even mean words. Uh, it's just Shakespeare. You know what? I that was my favorite scene. That was my favorite. I, it was so purely evil. And it, but but it, it it's listen. It's a tough world out there, and you're going to run into people like that, and you need to compete, overcome, be the better person. And win that. That's laying down the gauntlet like 
I mean, it was beautifully done. I, that absolutely my favorite scene. Well, and obviously Paris, she's threatened by Rory. Absolutely. Only reason she did it, of course. Yeah. So that's kind of interesting that we know that's coming despite Rory's D and the, I mean, what becomes the test debacle, Paris is still threatened and knows that Rory is going to be the one that's coming for Paris's sort of being number one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the meltdown though. The meltdown, Rory's meltdown. What <clears throat> did you think? I think it was so far in the series. Okay. And I've only watched what these three episodes now, um, uh, her finest, uh, moment acting moments. I, mm. I think she just nailed and I've never, ever seen her, uh, or when I was acting with her, cause I haven't seen the shows, but when I was acting with her all those years, I've never seen her pop like that. The way she popped at uh, Tristan when he said, uh, my name is Rory and she screamed it out. And I don't think she's ever done that. She may have, and I'll, I'll discover it, but I just thought, wow, for an 18 year old kid, she can act. That was terrific. It was just a terrific to, to both of them, but especially to, to, um, uh, Tristan. I, I, I enjoyed the heck out of that. You know what I found interesting about the meltdown is you see Rory's epic meltdown. And then a few scenes later, you see Lorelai's (laughs) epic meltdown. And it just shows that Lorelai and Rory are a lot more similar than they think they are. And they constantly have role reversal because when Rory was studying and Lorelai's doing like ice cream, ice cream, ice cream, you realize in that particular scene, Rory is fully the mom and Lorelai is fully the Mm -hmm. teenager. Yeah. But the Rory meltdown, you had to have it because now it's like, okay, you're in for the fight of your life because mm-hmm. look at my rage. I know that you're an angry little child, but I'm not an angry child. I'm a happy child, but don't mess with me because I will destroy you. I have it within me to do it. And she displayed that. And that's what that was all about. And she was yeah. willing to risk getting kicked out of the Chilton doing that because she knew that that was a bridge too far melting down in class like that and threatening students yeah and now we're teed up for her to overcome and succeed so satisfying that's what a viewer wants they want that scene it's like yes get in the fight get in there and start swinging good for you that just makes her all i mean i don't know if there's a more likable character in television uh, in the last 25 years than, than Rory Gilmore. I mean, what a wonderful character. And Lorelai. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, absolutely. But I think Rory, I mean, you really have to, you have to really root for her. She's, she's 16 year old kid, you know, she's just a kid, you know, and she's, she's got this mom that's, you know, pretty terrific and real colorful and unpredictable and wacky and brilliant and loving and all that stuff. But she does have her moments where she gets very selfish All right, everybody, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we are going to get into the hottest topic. Uh, Probably trending right now in the world is the return of the clown pillow. We'll be right back. 
Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robey, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. I never thought I'd take my three young kids to Sicily to solve a century-old mystery. But that's what I'm doing in my new podcast, The Sicilian Inheritance. Join us as we travel thousands of miles on the beautiful and crazy island of Sicily. As I trace my roots back through a mystery for the ages and untangle clues within my family's origin story, which has morphed like a game of telephone through the generations. Was our family matriarch killed in a land deal gone wrong? Or was it by the Sicilian mafia? A lover's quarrel? Or was she as my father believed, a witch. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including... Actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferreira, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the Challenge Gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, everybody, we're back. We're talking clown pillows, and uh, I know a lot of people want to talk clown pillows. I've met a lot of people uh, recently and over the last 21 years, and they come up to me, they want to talk clown pillows, and now we're, you know, we're, we've created an entire show. Th- this whole podcast is just an excuse to talk about that one subject. So here we go. And there it was. There it was. There it when was. When they were studying, they were doing the, the study crunch. Mm-hmm. 
and it was subtle but but real yes. in the stair the stairs to the bedrooms in the landing. Yes. Although is Rory's bedroom upstairs or downstairs? Downstairs. It's by the kitchen. And Lorelai's upstairs. Upstairs. Yes. Okay, got it. Which is unner you know, it's like that's unnerving. That would make me, you know, when, when Nick was born, uh, you know, he was in our room. <laughs> we didn't let him out of the room. <laughs> yeah. I wonder when she let Rory move uh, downstairs. And like giving him his own room eventually was like traumatic for us, but he was like, you know, right. He's like one door <laughs> yeah. away. Uh, I can't imagine anybody. I mean, she must've, she must've moved her down there at a necessity when she became, you know, 10 or 11 or something. You know, yeah, I, I, I just can't imagine she'd be downstairs as a as a kid, a little kid, as a toddler. No way. Yeah, and they probably didn't get that house till she was a bit older. Right, right. See, there's a whole life before the show. There's a whole the, life there. The you prequel know? would be a good show. God, you know, you could start it when, you know, the head the headmaster Charlton was a boy. You know, <laughs> we weren't even born yet. I don't know. You could definitely do a show, though, where Lorelai started as pregnant right right with do a prequel yeah do it do it do just do the clown pillow was less creepy but yet prominent and uh do we have do we have an image of it in this episode where it was placed do we have an image coming up i kind of feel like we're gonna see it we do and we will post it on social so you all can see it oh that's fantastic (laughs) okay gang i we better uh, discuss the risotto. It's a serious topic. It, it was fine. <laughs> <laughs> That's the magic risotto. The magic risotto. It wasn't just fine. I mean, it, did you see her react to that? She she just went blank. Mm. She was so happy and so so in, anticipating such great review, and then that just like whew. Wow. And then she went full CIA. She was going to track oh, yeah. down Lucian mm-hmm. and figure out what went wrong, why he only thought the risotto was fine. Mm-hmm. And then he, she was going to fix that. One which of the great, she did. one of the great scenes in that entire episode was when she found his, uh, rec- <laughs> his receipt. Right. And it had his, his info on it. And, 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 and you could hear her from, from the, the, what was she, what was she doing? She was doing her there yell. She was doing some course. kind of joy. Like, oh, 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 with the goatee. Oh, and he oh, says to. Right. Right. And then she walks in. Right. Can I be goatee. fired now? <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, if you blink and you miss it. But like, it was so genius. He's like, can I be fired now? I serve a lot of people like, uh, you know, but he may have looked like a guy who was drinking a bad glass of wine with the magic risotto. The Riesling, it's like bat- battery acid. Exactly. It's like battery acid. I mean, my God. Even your reenactment is cracking me up. No, I mean, come on. It was a good. Great, that, that was my favorite scene in the entire uh, episode. And then she went full acrobat to hand yeah. the risotto backwards right, right. at the guy's door who we never right. see his face. Right. right like that right. poor actor. We never got to see him. No, it might have been somebody. <laughs> it might have been somebody on the crew. I'm gonna. I would I'm assume. A, why pay a day? No, rate? but no. It's but you're acting with Melissa McCarthy, so you need a trained person. You know, that's because. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was somebody. It was. It, I don't know. I'm gonna find out. That's that's a good question. I bet you somebody knows. If somebody knows that. Oh yeah. Let's try that's to a, see if somebody can tell us yeah. that. Who was that guy? I like Who's, risotto. Do you like mm-hmm. risotto? Love it. Love lobster risotto. There's a wonderful lobster oh. risotto too. At a place around here. More um, of a mushroom gal myself. Yeah, you like that mushroom risotto? <laughs> yeah. 
She had lobster in that risotto, I think she said. Did she really? She gave a tad bit of the recipe. She and it did. was just a little bit of it, right. which was what makes it so magical. Isn't it so great? I mean, the pride she has in her cooking, attaching it to her mother, surviving another three years. You know what I also like in that kitchen is Mm. that in the background, you see the Cheerios. So they're actually somehow they cleared it or whatever they did so that you have like real food back there. And it's not like some Mm -hmm. fake TV food. Mm -hmm. Cleared it. I mean, yeah. Yeah, Cheerios. General Mills got to pay up. <laughs> yeah, that Cheerios is in there, and I'm season one of that monster hit. Here for Come it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they had to clear it and pay Cheerios. <laughs> <laughs> was this the first appearance of Dosi's Market? Was that where they were buying the school supplies? They just don't really call it out. The very first scene in this episode, I... where Lorelai wanted Rory to get the purple paper. Yeah. And then she did that whole list of things like Like she did like at the end of the last episode, she had all of her running jokes and Lori was like, get away from me. You're crazy. And this kind of, but they were really fun. And then she did it again with the paper clips. Yeah. She was like, you're depressed pens. Right, right, right. Um, I think that's Dosi's market. I just don't think they called it out. Yeah. I think it's, I think there's not another market in town. No, no, that's Dosi's. That's gotta be Dosi's market. Unless there's like a school supply office supplies. If we are wrong, we are going to get checked by the world (laughs) (laughs) because I'll tell you, man, we better be right about that one. (laughs) Man. Are those girls always late? They've got a real alarm clock issue because First, Rory was late for school because the fuzzy alarm didn't go off. Then she was late for the golf with Richard. And now she missed the test because she overslept. Those girls need help with the clocks and being on time. Well, I think in, in Richard, in the in being late for the golf game, and if we already went over this, I apologize. But, uh, you know, I really think that that is on a subconscious or not uh, level uh, a Lorelei sabotage. Um, no way that she wants those two to get together and have a good time because she knows <laughs> that that, you know, Richard's a father figure to her and a potential uh, 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 male influence that that maybe uh, Lorelai wants nothing to do with. Her. I don't understand why. I mean, he's obviously a, a loving, wealthy, erudite individual who could be very beneficial to her. But then we get into that thing about what we discussed earlier about control and and the. the yeah, you know. I think they just run late. but that's a control thing that's running late is a control thing it is no matter how disorganization or whatever whatever excuse you want to think that is a control thing okay it also makes for great comedy when they're all bumbling around all the time kind of running 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 it's 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 actually good television i'm getting hit by deer right right (laughs) and boy did we see that deer come and then kind of we right. We saw antlers, which was not the real deer, but then we saw the real deer go run in front. Oh. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, but that deer, easy, easy to shake off. Uh, hitting a parked car, it's not a big deal to a deer. No big deal. And then he just kept going. He took off. You know, no big deal. You're not gonna find it. Yeah, it shook her probably more than the deer. Yeah, absolutely. Deer was like, well, whatever. You know. And in good fashion in this episode. You're back to the flannel. Uh-huh. Oh, and I did like yeah. the line where Lorelai says, oh, backward, huh? that's new. <laughs> <laughs> I think that might not be the exact quote, but it's, it's pretty close to that. Uh, and her fashion was on point. Like she had the leopard shirt 
which I thought was cute, and the snakeskin blouse, which I also thought was cute. So she's big in the animal prints uh, and very on point. And the B-52 shirt. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I'm not qualified to have this conversation. <laughs> you, you guys want to discuss the fashion? Go ahead. That's, not, That's what makes it fun. You guys, <laughs> I, I have no opinion on this at all. I I don't see. Well, you were back in the flannel plaid. It, it, it yeah. was fine. Yeah, no, it was fun. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's get into some pop culture. So we did the Deer Hunters, and next up we have Drella says, back off Chevalier. You're Chevalier, Chevalier. 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 Back off Chevalier, right? Maurice. Yeah, you say it. Say it again, Riley. Chevalier. Chevalier. <laughs> Cheval. There's an R there, guys. <laughs> Scott, what does that mean? Chevalier? Yeah. What did she say? Get out of my way, Chevalier? It's like she said, I, back off. Back off, Chevalier? Maurice Chevalier, the dancer. Was Maurice Chevalier a dancer and a singer, right? A famous French dancer and singer and rose to prominence just, in the United States. Maurice Chevalier was a huge, huge star of stage and screen, I believe. And uh, and she was uh, mocking him for uh, his lack of... Um, dexterity on his feet so it was like what are you doing in my way chevalier get out go dance away somewhere i did a quick little google search and yes. it means a knight a chivalrous man i was completely wrong <laughs> <laughs> just went on a whole thing and i was totally wrong there is you you didn't but i justified a, that moment i thought yeah, it pretty you well. really seemed like you knew it because that isn't a person that exists i sold that I really sold that. And I kind of had you guys, but then you kind of blew it up. So what's the pronunciation? So obviously I have the pronunciation wrong. No, you had that, right? Chevalier. Chevalier. Oh, wait a minute. No, it isn't. It is a different, it's Cheval. It is, you're right. You know what? Riley, you're right. It's Chevalier. It is Chevalier. Because Kevin O'Leary Kevin, Kevin yeah, talked yeah. about Kevin O'Leary. Listen to this. Kevin O'Leary talked about this on Shark Tank because he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a member of a society of wine drinkers that they call themselves something something with the Chevaliers. It's not Chevalier. It's something like that. But anyway, are you guys ready to hear the this? Knights of the Wine Drinkers? Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Chevalier. Riley might have been right. Chevalier. <laughs> that's not what. That's not what. For the win. <laughs> For the win. <laughs> One more oh time for God. everybody at home. Chevalier. But that's not what Drella said. What did she it? say? What did she say? But she said Chev oh God. We have a controversy. <laughs> we have we have an issue right now. We need to find out. But for the record, Drella says it Chevalier in the episode. So let's go with that. Oh, uh, <laughs> oh okay. Wow. 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 Well, going on with the the Drella theme. Mm-hmm. So Lorelai comes up and says, no Black Sabbath, no Steely Dan, no Boston, and no Queen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what was she playing? She was playing, uh, when Lorelai walked Black up there, Sabbath. she was playing. Da, 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 da. Yeah, she was playing Black Sabbath. Legit. She should keep playing the hits. Play the hits. <laughs> Lorelai says, we like we like that Mozart. Drella says, I am Artie Shaw of Harpus. Yeah, Artie Shaw. <laughs> Already show a big band leader back in the day, back during what Sinatra's time when Sinatra was uh, on the rise and a superstar, Tommy Dorsey, uh, Nelson Riddle, 
Artie Shaw. There was ton, tons of big bands back then. They were fantastic. Have you ever been in a room with a big band? I mean, like a legit big band having dinner. They'll blow your hair back. They're fantastic. <laughs> Great music. <laughs> <laughs> I saw, I saw, wait a minute. I they'll saw. blow your hair back? No, like yeah, Lawrence I mean, Welk it's, again. It's fanta- I think this is our it, it, second Lawrence Welk. It Wilk. is a fantastic, it is a fan, that dog will hunt. To, to, to use a phrase, that dog's going to hunt. I was, when I was just a teenager, I saw a big band. I, I think it was Woody Herman's big band. Remember Woody? You know, you guys don't know who Woody Herman is. Um, but he was one of the big band leaders and those bands were powerful. They were powerful, man. It was, it was something. Now that everybody's asleep. <laughs> also speaking of blowing your hair back, Lorelai says, you once told me that you love Saved by the Bell. What could be more humiliating than that? That was funny. That was a really that funny was a line. great one. I laughed still, out loud on that one. That was totally a good one. works yeah. today because yeah. not only do we all know what Saved by the Bell is, but that show came right. back right. and exactly. has like it's you know whatever it's called reboot. But it's the way she said it. What could be more humiliating than that? You know, it was so <laughs> exacting. It was so very fun. matter of fact. Yes, very final. Um, Lorelai. Lorelai also says, um, I thought this place was going to be so great. And now I guess this goes on the boy was I wrong list <laughs> right above Gaucho's, but just below the flash dance phase. Oh my God. That was so epic. Gaucho pants are a little rough. They're just a very wide leg pant. And you'd really, you'd have to be pretty tall to really rock those. You could almost fly with those. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I think those flying squirrel suits may have been inspired from Gaucho design. Could a be. Capri Gaucho is yeah. a tad rough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Going on, Lorelai. Lorelai says, fresh in my first lifetime as Joan of Arc. Uh-huh. Yeah. Can we get a little history on who Joan of Arc is, Danielle? Joan of Arc is a national heroine of France. Heroine? Heroine? She is Chevalier. <laughs> <laughs> we all need to go back to school. <laughs> back to Chilton. She was a peasant girl who, believing that she was acting under divine guidance, led the French army in a victory in 1429 during the Hundred Years' War. Mm. All right. So Lorelai says, wouldn't want to get you in trouble with El Duce over here. Danielle, what's that? El Duce is... Mussolini. That's right. (laughs) A dish best prepared upside down at a gas station, dead. There you go. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's how he ended up <laughs> with his wife. That's how he was killed. Not not really podcast material. That's how Scott <laughs> feels about Max. <laughs> That's how Scott feels about Max. <laughs> I say burn, you know, Joan of Arc was burned at the stake for accused of being a witch. And, and let's put Max in there, too. <laughs> Just make another stake for him. Maybe he'll come around on Max because I, I love Max Medina. Yeah, well... You just picked a fight with me, I'll tell you that much, lady. All right. Finally, we have Jella saying, what do you think about Pat Benatar? And Lorelai says, great idea. Can she play the harp? Very funny line and hit me with your best shot. I mean, Uh Uh good one. Okay, guys, give me your best lines of the episode. Who's starting? Go ahead. Uh, I will. When Lorelai goes into the parent-teacher meeting and she's late and bumbling and crash into the globe... Uh And says, what in the world? Right, right, right. But that's, see, that's a tough, that's a very difficult acting assignment to make that, to pull that off and to make it funny. Yeah. That's really she, tough. And she freaking nailed it because yeah, I did. laughed out loud. Uh, yeah. And then 
The other good one was, um, that's the one who voted for the scrunchies, which is so genius because it's a full callback to the story that Lorelai told Suki in the kitchen. And then it's the kind of, you know, snooty mom. I mean, genius. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So mine is um, when Rory and Lane see each other, Rory goes, what is that? And Lane goes 12 calories as she's eating a rice cake. (laughs) And then she hands her the Snickers, the the, the candy bar, and she goes, bless you. Yes. Yep. Uh, Okay. (laughs) Uh, My favorite line was when Rory's waking up Lorelai and Lorelai says, mommy can't get up right now. Mommy has been sleeping at a right angle all night. (laughs) (laughs) I think my favorite line was... uh, was my line. If you throw a pen, you, you I, I give you trout. Oh yeah. It makes no sense at all. But it's just <laughs> like, you know, that's, where did he come up with that? You know, that's in the spirit of the show. I really feel like now Luke is in the flow and he's like being influenced. Like he's trying to be funny. Like Lorelai is funny, you know, like, you know, uh, so there you go. That's my favorite line. I, I give deer hunters great episode. Yeah. Great episode. Yeah. Boy, we learned so much. We really did. And I'm nervous for next week just because Cinnamon's Wake does not sound good for that cat. (laughs) Boy. It's going to be a tough episode (laughs) for cat lovers. Yes. Because right from the title, you know things are not going well for Cinnamon. I, nine you know, I, I, nine I, lives, I don't think so. Now I'm a little nervous to watch the episode. Because like, <laughs> yeah. I'm a cat lover. I grew up with cats. Is I your nemesis, cats. Max Medina, in the next episode? We will find out. God, I don't know. Could be. <laughs> Did they get us together that soon? In confrontation? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Wow. Watch out, world! All right, I get you know I'm gonna watch this episode right after we we right after we get off here. Before we wrap this episode, we do have somebody in the waiting room. She is a fan, uh-huh. um, and listens to the podcast. And we're gonna bring her on to answer a few questions. Oh, great! Let's let's meet her. Hi, Scott. Hello. Hi. How you doing? I'm great. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be on your show. Oh, we're, we're, we're glad to have you. Where, what's your name and where are you? I'm Shilpa and I'm from India. Hi, nice to meet you. And thanks for joining us. What's your question, Shilpa? Uh, okay. My question for you is that, uh, if you could play any other character in Gilmore Girls other than Luke Thames, uh, what it would be? Oh gosh. I, you know, I think I would, I would enjoy playing Kirk. Um, okay, just, yeah, even that's my favorite character. Yeah, I mean, mine too. I just because it was so he had so many things to do, so many different jobs, so many chances at comedy, um, just the situations that he was put in. I just think it would be fun. Uh, I would have uh, not looked forward to the hot dog suit on a hot day, but uh, just v- <laughs> very funny character. And, and so that would be yes, the one. Everybody loves Kirk. No, oh, so. you, you can't, you can't not love Kirk. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, my inner Kirk, uh, is strong. Uh, and it always <laughs> has been. I hope it always will be. Um, so thank you so much for your question. Thank you so much for giving us the opportunity to talk to you and ask you questions. It's wonderful. And, and so are you, are you a student? Do you go to school? Yes, I'm a student yes. actually. Yes. Uh, I am doing chartered accountancy thing. So. Oh, great. Good for you. Well, good luck with everything. And thank you so much, Shilpa, for coming on the show. 
We enjoyed having thank you. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure to be All in right. your show. Okay. Bye, sweetheart. Bye. Okay. So, uh, listen, guys, that's it. Uh, thanks for tuning in. And uh, we are anticipating a very heavy show. Cinnamon's Wake next week. We are I'm a little nervous. Amy's a little nervous. Uh, we don't know if it's the demise of Cinnamon, but if it's Wake, I think that pretty much tells you what's going to happen to Cinnamon. And I don't know if I'm looking forward to seeing this episode because I may shed a tear or two for that beautiful cat. Um, we'll see what happens, guys. But uh, look, keep your spirits up. And, uh, you know, we'll, 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 we'll watch the episode. We'll dig into it next week and, and, uh, and make sure to, uh, make sure to hug your loved ones. Okay. Just make sure to do it. Just hug and kiss them. And that's it. Okay. Don't forget, follow us on Instagram at I am all in podcast and email us at Gilmore at iHeartRadio.com. Oh, you Gilmore fans, if you're looking for the best cup of coffee in the world, go to my website for my company, ScottyP.com, S-C-O-T-T-Y-P.com, ScottyP.com. Grade one specialty coffee. Ah, summer, the best time of the year, usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there was another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. At IKEA, everyone can have lounge chair access. No reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, They have all of the essentials that you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people 
it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. That's right. 